Good evening, everyone. Uh, well, my name is Rafael Lopez. I'm the senior pastor at Capilla Calvario Chihuahua, and it is a great honor for, for me to be here tonight with my beautiful wife, Wendy. She's right there. And my two amazing, crazy, loud little boys are here with us. Uh, this is the first time I teach on a different language, so please excuse my English uh, and my pronunciation, my bad grammar. It's okay if you laugh. Uh, I laugh at myself too. Uh, just so please have some grace on me tonight. Uh, I'm going to do my best tonight, uh, but I'm excited to be here. And I'm, I'm sure that God wants to, to talk to you tonight. He wants to speak to you. But first, uh, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be here. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. Please prepare our hearts, our minds, and just, just do what, whatever you want to do tonight. Lord, I know you're here. I know that you, your word is enough. So please use it to speak to our hearts and so that we can find the blessing that you have prepared for us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, first of all, uh, I want to take this opportunity to say thank you. Really, thank you so much. God has been so gracious with us. He has blessed our church and through the church is uh, blessing a lot of families and individuals in, in Chihuahua. And we are blessed by God because God is good, because He is faithful. But you have been the instrument that, uh, of God to bless the city uh, of Chihuahua with a church like Capilla. And I want to share a little bit of what's going on down in Mexico because uh, maybe some of you have never heard of it. Uh, have never come on one of the short mission trips. Uh, God has grown ministry in, in Chihuahua, and it has developed in two different areas. One is Lichang, the ministry uh, reaching out to the Taromara communities living in the city. But there's another ministry happening in Chihuahua, and that's our church. That's Capilla Calvario. We are a small urban church reaching uh, to the majority of people in our church are young families uh, of middle class in, in the city. That is not by, by, by design. It's what, it's what God is doing. It's what, who, who we naturally are right now. Uh, the majority of, of people in our church are young adults, uh, young people just getting married, uh, young couples with babies or with little kids. Uh, that's the core uh, of our church. Uh, we are also a bilingual church meaning I teach in Spanish, and someone translates for me to English. But uh, that's very unique. That started back in the days uh, as a need when, when Sean Rafferty was our pastor. But now it's not longer a, a need, but it's who we are. Uh, that has created uh, opportunities to serve not only Americans who live in our city, but also a few people from different parts of the world, people working on permanent or temporary jobs or serving as missionaries, people who come down to Chihuahua to learn Spanish or people that just got married to a, a Mexican. Lucky them. Uh, so <laughs> we are uh, as, a, as multicultural as a community in Chihuahua can be. Uh, that's how we look uh, as a church. 
young people, young families. We love to worship God. Uh, they're actually the worship team, you, you, they, they've been here before. Uh, we have a great staff of volunteers serving faithfully and taking part of the burden of, of ministry. Um, we, we're also being called uh, a men's church. The majority of churches in Mexico, yeah, it's not a surprise to see a lot of women involved or serving or even leading. And in Mexico, there's a lot of women pa pastoring churches. Uh, but by the grace of God, we have a bunch of men involved in serving and leading the church. You can see men attending church, uh, taking their girlfriend or their wives or their families, uh, actively pa participating in, in the life uh, of the church. That, that, that's amazing because you, you don't get to see that in every church in Chihuahua. And definitely that, that's by the grace of God. Uh, we've been called a hipster church. Once uh, a pastor that, that uh, I get to know recently, he was like, so you're, you're from that vegan church? <laughs> I don't know why, but we're, we're not any of that. We're just normal people with normal lives. We take our kids to school and to soccer games and just normal and almost boring people. Uh, maybe it's the beard because... <laughs> Let me tell you why. There's a lot of guys wearing uh, a beard uh, or growing a beard in our churches. You can see Pastor Sean with this beautiful beard growing. And there once, the, uh, this lady was visiting once, and she was like, hey, Pastor, uh, I need to ask you this question. Does my husband need to grow a beard in order to belong to the church? <laughs> well, no. I'm thinking about it, but... It's not the law. You will feel the pressure, but <laughs> it's not by design. It's, well, it's biblical, but uh, <laughs> it's who we are. Now, but God is he's growing our church, and not just newcomers, but we are growing through babies. That's amazing. We're taking seriously God's command, commandment of being fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And so we have lots of young disciples of Christ. Uh, that's, that's amazing. You can see on the service people with, with their babies. And that's really cool. We praise God for that. Uh, so I'm sharing all of this so you get a, a picture of the church in, in Chihuahua. But that's not the important thing. What's really cool, what, what's happening is that we are growing together in the Lord. People, uh, we, we get together, we worship God, we are studying, we are loving, and we are living the Word of God. Going verse by verse and expository teaching of the Bible is not the norm. It is the, the exception in, in Mexico. But we know the, the Word of God is, is powerful and, and it's alive and it's enough uh, to touch and to transform people's lives by, by itself. And this is what people need. Uh, they, they need the Bible. Uh, and, and the result, uh, it doesn't depend on anyone, but the Word itself is not. Uh, it doesn't depend on how good the speaker is or, 
or, or the programs or the, the church and how it looks or, or even the beard, uh, but it's just, the, it's just the Word of God. And it's, it's, it's great what, what's going on with that because as we're going through the Word, God is correcting lives and He's correcting myths and, and false teachings and legalism and bad doctrine and, and human philosophies and uh, all of these things that are in, in, in churches uh, is changing the focus from personal and emotional experiences to, to the truth of God. And, and that's, that's amazing. Uh, that, that, that is what God wants. Uh, we are far for, from being a, a perfect church. Uh, actually, leadership in our church we are young and we are unprepared, but we, we love God uh, with all of our hearts. And we love the Bible and we're moving forward, pushing hard to be disciples of Christ, to, to make disciples and, and to send them away. Uh, ministry in Chihuahua is God's ministry. I believe that it was born in God's heart and he will continue to be faithful. He deserves all the glory, all the credit, it's all by His grace. Uh, I'm not saying, I'm not just saying, it. that's reality. Just lots and lots uh, of grace. God has been so good to us. And tonight, uh, I want to encourage you with, with that. Because you were that instrument that God, God is using in, in the city uh, of Chihuahua. You've, you've been obedient, you've been faithful to God. To God's calling to go and make disciples. You have sent, you have supported uh, faithful men and their families to go and plant a church in a totally different culture, uh, on a language they, they don't know. And after eight years of ministry in Chihuahua, I, I'm able to stand right here in, in front of you. And I'm ready to, to share the word of God with you. And also, I want to encourage you to keep being faithful to not stop being obedient to the Lord, to keep sending and supporting disciples so they can go uh, all over the world to, to plant the seed and uh, to different places. And God, God is blessing that. Uh, I mean, we, we are blessed. We've been touched by, by, by that. And God is using you as a tool to reach out to all kinds of people in different places all over the world. And, and also, I know in, in this city, that's the plan for the church, to go into the world and, and preach the gospel. But there's no church without the local church. And that's something else I, I want to share with you tonight. And I, I hope this will bring uh, challenge and encouragement to, to you. Because we find in the New Testament, all over it, this commandment, or lots of commandments that includes the one another uh, words on, on them. Love one another, serve one another, encourage one another, and all kinds of uh, commandments talking about these. And I want you to think about, about this. How, how are you doing in this area in the context of this local church? Because you are definitely serving others, people living even really far, far away from, from your home. But how, how are you doing serving people sitting right next to you? Are you, I know you are fulfilling the commandment of sending disciples, but 
Are you fulfilling the law of, of Christ? And that is something to think about that doesn't have to do anything with culture or with personality or, or with whatever it is. This, this is important to, to think about. So how are you doing in that area? Can you tell who's not here this evening? Can you notice if someone's missing? Because this lady used to sit here all the time or, or you didn't even know. Do you know what's going on in the personal life of the person sitting right next to you? Do you even know their names? Our church in, in Chihuahua is a really small church compared to, to this. But people attending Saturday night service, they don't even know who's attending Sunday morning service. Sometimes they don't know the name of people. And they are serving in the same ministry. And they are next to each other and they don't even know who that person is. But the Bible says that we are one body. That we should function as a body. And that every part is different but important. The Bible says that we are brothers and sisters and we are so used to going, hey, sister and brother, so and so, and maybe that uh, the, the real meaning of that word, this is my brother. Uh, I was visiting this, this place in, up in the mountains in, in La Sierra, in Chihuahua, really, really far away, and I was with this missionary that spent over 30 years of, of his life serving these, these people. And we were walking down the street and we ran across this guy and we were talking to him and he started to cry. And he was like, man, I would have never imagined that you and I would be brothers. And he was crying just to the thought of that. I was standing there. I wanted to cry myself. That was so powerful because we are brothers and sisters, but we don't act like we're brothers and sisters. Jesus said that people outside the church will know that we are truly his followers by the love we display to one another. How can that happen? If I don't even know who this guy is. Maybe I've never seen them before, but they've been attending church for four years. Please go with me to the book of Galatians, chapter 6. Christians are, we are called to be a light of, on, on this world, to, to be disciples, to reproduce, to share the gospel uh, to as many people as we can. But if we truly want to live for Christ, if we truly want to obey, obey him, then we are also called to bear each other's burdens. I'm going to read verse 1 in chapter 6. 
Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. We usually don't like to get involved in uh, other people's lives, right? We have a lot to deal with ourselves. We, we, we have enough problems at our house to think about uh, others. We have lots of activities. We have our kids, and, and, and we have to work in our marriage and, and work in life. And it's just too, too busy, so I don't have enough extra time to care about others. That's usually life. Uh, so I just want to come to church, listen to a good teaching, worship God for half an hour. Uh, if I can help, volunteer every so often. Uh, I'm, I'm even willing to give money so others can go and do the, the job. Uh, so a missionary can go and share the gospel uh, and I can go back home uh, where it's safe. That's usually how a, a Christian looks like. Uh, doesn't matter if it's Mexico or here or whatever. We just want to be alone so I can deal with my own business and I'll leave you alone so you can deal with, with yours. Uh, see you next weekend, maybe. Uh, This is wrong. In Mexican culture, and if you have come to our missions, to, to, uh, on a mission trip to our city, we love to talk. We love to hug people. We love to spend a lot of time together. But sometimes, uh, just enough that, that, that wouldn't get me in, in problems. I don't want to carry that much. And... I don't know about you, I have the feeling that you're dealing with the same. Uh, so we don't know what's going on in other people's lives. Sometimes we don't even care. But this, this verse is, is talking about being involved in other people's lives. Actually, it's talking about something serious. So when someone falls into sin, when someone is caught in any trespass, when someone is not attending church, uh, if there's family problems or issues or he's struggling with, with sin, and uh, I, don't want, I don't want to have to do anything with, with that. I'm sorry to hear that. I'll pray for them. Best case. Uh, but you see, the Bible is calling us to do something really different. It's uncomfortable. This verse uh, is, is really pushing us to do something we don't like, we're not used to do, and we wish we don't, we don't want that. God is calling you, us, to do something different. And that can be intimidating. Uh, maybe you, you will say, well, I'm, I'm not a pastor, uh, I'm not called to, 
to counseling. Uh, I don't know of the Bible, uh, enough of the Bible yet, uh, but this verse is calling us, all of us, it's calling you uh, to care for people, to love people, to get into their lives. We are called to love people enough that we are willing to take risk and get involved in, in their lives. That's not easy. It takes time, investment, resources. It demands uh, to sacrifice your personal time, your hobby, or your house's privacy. Uh, that, that's not comfortable. And I'm going to be honest with you, it can be awkward sometimes, most of the times. Sometimes it, it, it can go bad, but it's not talking about the result. It doesn't depend on us. You just have to be obedient and care enough for one another so we can, we can try at least. It's going to take a lot more than just praying for that person. It's going to push you and your family. It's going to make you pray. Sometimes, a few times, it's going to make you cry. Uh, it's going to take more than just giving good advice once and a good book to read and then just go. But how can you do that if you don't even know? How can you know that someone is falling apart, that is thinking about suicide, that is ready to quit church, that is really struggling with, with, to follow God and, and is really trying, but, but that sin is, is in, in his life? And how can you know if you don't get close enough? We need to go there. Verse 2. Bear another's, one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. When we do this, we're fulfilling the law of Christ. Romans says that love is the fulfillment of, uh, of the law. That uh, the greatest commandment says... Jesus is to love God with everything you have. But the second most important commandment is similar to love God like that and is to love your neighbor as, as you love your, yourself. I don't know in your Bible, but I don't, I, don't, I don't think this is a suggestion here. It's a commandment. It doesn't say, well, if you have enough time, if you have uh, you feel like you want to care for one another and uh, you have an hour on the weekend. Or This is an, an order. This is a commandment. We don't have any option on this or an opinion. Or This is our calling. This is not uh, for super spiritual Christians that know it all and have it all together. You know what I'm talking about? Those 
perfect people walking with God every day in the clouds and everything is beautiful in their lives. I used to think that pastors were some kind of special breed of Christians. Then I became one. Maybe this is a secret, but we're not. We're normal people. Unless I'm the only one, then. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that this verse is not talking to those super powerful Christians. It's, it's talking to regular people like you and me with issues in our families trying to fix our marriage and trying to, to learn how to raise kids in the, in the ways of the Lord. This is talking to young adults and teenagers that don't know anything about life yet. This is talking to older people who are tired and, oh, I don't want to do uh, anything now. I just want to rest. Well, there's not an, an exception in this. This is a calling for the church. You are the church. You are called to bear your neighbor's burdens, to help the one that is struggling, to lift up the one who's fallen. You are called to walk with people. As you are trying to, to be a disciple of Christ, at the same time, not when you're ready. You are called to comfort, to encourage, to challenge other Christians, to use your gifts, to use whatever God has given you. I don't know what that is, but you, you know. That happened to Moses when he was called. I don't know how to do a lot of things. Well, what do you have in your hand? A rod. Well, that's what I'm going to use. Whatever you have in your hand. At your house, your talents, your education, your family, your money, your car, just, I don't know. You're called to, to love people and to serve others. Just look around. There's a lot here. You have a lot of work to do. In my culture, it's, it's kind of easy to talk to people. We're, we like people. Uh, you just need to have a table, and then they wouldn't go to have a party. That's all you need, a table. And they will bring food and music and talking. And actually, you have to, uh, please, c could you leave now? <laughs> I'm learning that. You can say, okay, uh, I'm going to go to sleep. Please just turn off the light. That's real. Uh, it's not a joke. I wish it was. <laughs> but this has nothing to do with culture. This is our identity as Christians. Our main nationality is what the Bible says we are. It's, it's, it's in heaven. It's, this is our culture now. You need to talk to each other. You need to pray for each other. Have people over your house for dinner. Go get some coffee and talk. Uh, 
You shouldn't run when service is done. I've seen you. I was here two years ago. You just run. Stop for a moment and talk, get to know each other. There's no perfect culture, and I know, uh, I know Mexican culture is, is a mess in a lot of ways, but one thing we have right is that when service is done, people stay, and we will talk, and we will, we will pray for each other, and, and we will ask someone to go uh, for lunch or go get a coffee and Again, we need to, guys, please, with the lights, please, would you leave? I need to go home with my wife because they wouldn't leave. You need to care for each other. You need to know what's going on in other people's lives. But that's not going to happen uh, on one small little talk of five minutes. People don't usually open their hearts the first time you, you talk to them it takes time. And over time, you, you will start to, to talk, both of you. You will start to see beyond the, the surface and what's going on in their real lives, in their families, where they're at, what, just everything. And then, you're going to be able to minister to them, to bear each, other, each other's burden. Otherwise, it's not going to work. There's no, uh, you, you cannot do this on a program mechanic activity and, and try to make it work. It's, it's just not, not going to work. Verses 3 and 4. For if anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. When, when, when we go beneath the, the surface in any person's life, we're going to see unpleasant things. We will find out imperfection, sin, Ugliness, areas where they're lacking. But at the same time, we're slowly becoming transparent before them. And they will be able to see all that in us as, as well. Uh, this is the hard part. That is, this is the reason why it's so hard to do. Uh, we have to be willing to be honest, to not be perfect uh, uh, in the eyes of, of people, uh, they will know what's going on uh, at our house, uh, in our hearts. They will see us vulnerable, imperfect as we are desperately in need of the grace of, of God. And doesn't, nobody likes that. We want to be able to, to keep a, a good image in, 
you know, of ourselves in, in front of others. We want to be seen as, as good people, as, as good Christians. We want others to think of us as mature and spiritual, but we need to stop pretending. Uh, whenever we think we are something, be ready to recognize that we are not. We are sinners. We're, we, need, we, we need a Savior. We need grace and forgiveness every single day. This, that is why in, in verse 1, Paul talks about gentleness. When we approach others, we need to be humble. When we have the opportunity to help someone, uh, we have to think, man, uh, that, that can be me anytime. I, I, I could be sitting on the other side of the desk or the couch or just whatever uh, at any time. I'm going to do this the way uh, I wish someone would do it for me if th that was me. If I'm imperfect um, and I, I can recognize that and I'm honest about that to God and, and to people, then we're going to be ready to minister to others. It's not going to be like from up here to down there. It's just like brothers and sisters, like equals. Verse 5, for each one will bear his own load. This is talking about responsibility. You have to be responsible for yourself. Uh, you need to take care of your own spiritual life, to, to strive to know God and, and His Word, to, to, live, to live the Word of God. Uh, all of us has, ha, have to aspire to maturity in Christ. You need to read the Bible for yourself, to pray for you need to learn to pray for yourself and work out your, your salvation and grow in, in the Lord. Bear your own load, but at the same time, bear each other's burdens. Like soldiers, uh, everyone is carrying their, their own pack, uh, their, their own stuff. But when someone in battle is wounded and is fallen, then at the same time you're carrying your own backpack, you, you help others. To get up. Sometimes we're going to be the ones that need help. We need to be able to ask. That takes humility again. So we can, hey, please pray for me. I'm struggling. Uh, I don't want to get a divorce. Please pray for me. Please help. What can I do? I, I don't know what to do with my kids or with this scene or this area or I'm struggling in my finances or just, just whatever. Uh, look out for mature Christians that can help you, that can show you the way. You have a lot here. For me, this church was the first one uh, uh, that I find out that has more than one pastor because in Mexico most churches have just one and they do everything you have a lot of pastors here and leaders and, and people that, uh, with maturity that can help you you need to take advantage of that you need to ask for, for help there's a lot of people here that know God that know the Bible that can help you the thing or the point here is that we need others 
It's not just that other people need you, but you also need the rest. That, that's when a body works like, like a body should be working. And the church, will, this church, will not, it's not going to be completely healthy until everyone is doing their part. Let's look at what Paul says uh, a few pages ahead in, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 11 to 16. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipment of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should not longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love I think this is really clear the church is not healthy unless you are doing your own part you have a part that cannot be replaced. If I hurt my, my knee, I can still walk, but it's gonna affect the rest of the body. It's not, it's not right. It's gonna hurt other parts of my, my, my body. With the church is the same. The church has the goal to grow in, in the image of, of Jesus, but that's not going to happen until everyone Every one of us is doing, we're doing our, our own part. We have different gifts and talents and education and, and abilities and personalities. And uh, we're not going to look the same, but we all have a job to do. You have a job to do in this, in this body. And you have the responsibility to minister to others in this body and carry their burdens. At the same time, you're carrying your, your own load. Just what you have. There's no waste in the kingdom of God. There's no such a small thing. I mean, everything is useful. Learn as much as you can. Prepare yourself for the work of the service that God ha has for you. This section we just read in, in Ephesians is talking about the ministry. I mean, you have to do ministry, and your pastors are just equipping you and, and teaching you so you can go outside and do ministry. There's a lot of people in this church. Even though you have a lot of pastors, uh, it's not enough. They cannot be with all of you all, all week, uh, every single day. That's where you come in, in, into the picture. You talk to each other. You minister to each other. You, you use your gifts to edify the rest of the body to teach each other, to encourage, to, to, to bless one another. 
Now you have to go and do it. Speaking about leaders, verse 6, the one who is taught in the word um, is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Okay, so this means that you should go and buy coffee for your pastor. <laughs> I've heard that pastors here really like coffee. This means that you, you will have them over for dinner or bless them, him and the other pastors and leaders in every way you, you can. I'm able to say that because I'm not a pastor in here, so it's, it's easier for me to encourage you in that. It feels awkward when you have to say, hey, you need to bless me. <laughs> so I, I, I got you. This is a way for you to honor them, to thank them for their, their faithfulness. And this is right before God. This is not only bless them, it's going to glorify God, and you will receive a greater blessing. You're the one who's going to be blessed on, on this because it is more blessed to give than to receive. Verses 7 and 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. This is a biblical principle, and we know this is true. Therefore, we... We need to be careful where we sow. Uh, this is what Paul is talking about. That we can use our, uh, the things we have and our gifts and our money and our, every resource you, you have, you can use them as a seed, but you need to choose wisely where you put it. You can seed for the flesh or for the spirit. You can use everything you have all your time and, and effort and resources and promote the, the flesh. Or you can invest them in the things of, of the spirit. You can, you can change your mind. Uh, you can even repent. But once you sow the seed, the result doesn't depend on, on you. The harvest will come and it will bring a, a result. This is also an invitation to use your resources for the benefit of others to bless them to use what you have to advance the kingdom of, of God, to walk in the Spirit and sow according to, to the Spirit. And you'll be blessed. And if the sowing has been generous, so will be the harvest. Maybe not in this life, but for sure in the eternity. Uh, in the last two verses we're going to go, uh, we're going to read tonight, verses 9 and, and 10. And let us now grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So this final encouragement to, to you, please, please keep it being faithful to, to God. Uh, God is blessing that. I can tell you, uh, I've seen it, I've experienced that. 
Do not lose heart, even if you don't see any fruit of that work. Uh, I'm here as a part of a celebration of what God has done and what He's doing in, in the life of others, but, it, but it's through you, through this body, uh, God is bringing fruit a lot. He will keep doing amazing things. Just be faithful. Serve others' heart. Get involved in people's life. Uh, take the time to get people around you. Get your hands dirty. Ministry is for you. It's your job. And grace is, is messy. Uh, love people is, is, is going to be hard. But it's completely worth it. Bear each other's burdens and, and fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word and for our time here. Please produce fruit in our lives so we can look more and more uh, like Jesus. Do your work in this church and I thank you and I bless you for what you're doing in this church and through this body. Please bless this community of believers. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.